the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It is the Nick D Podcast, and I am your host, Nick DeGilio. How are you? It is episode 141 of the Nick D Podcast, right here at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network on the planet, and also an incredible podcast network that is now a live streaming radio extravaganza 24-7. That's right. You can tune in to Radio Misfits 24-7 on a live stream where you'll hear unheard music, you'll hear all the great podcasts uh, that are available here at Radio Misfits, and you can hear my two podcasts. Yes, it's broadcasting 24-7. Program it, put it in, listen to it 24-7, live streaming Radio Misfits. It's, uh, it's fantastic, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it. So check out radiomisfits.live. Check it out right now. Program it in your device. Listen to it every day. It's programming that is nonstop 24-7, radiomisfits.live. All the really cool podcasts that you can hear on uh, on Radio Misfits and subscribe to. You can still subscribe. You can still uh, join. You can still download. You can still listen to the podcasts. Uh, it's the best way to do it. And available, uh, all of these podcasts, my two podcasts, this one included, are available on every platform of, that you can think of, from your Amazons to uh, you know to your Spotify's, to your Apples, to all the places that you get your podcasts. It's available. But now. Programming is streaming 24-7 at radiomisfits.live. You can hear this podcast daily at 3 p.m. Central Time. And you can hear my other podcast, All About Saturday Night Live. That show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. You can hear that daily at 9 a.m. So tune in, get to it, radiomisfits.live, 24 hours, 7 days a week, 24-7 streaming service that you can listen to. Really cool, unheard music from the Unheard Music Show. Uh, on a bunch of really great podcasts, and my two podcasts, again, this podcast daily at 3 p.m., and the SNL podcast that I host uh, daily at 9 a.m. So go to radiomisfits.live, another great thing that Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits has put together. Fantastic stuff, and I'm proud to be a part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hey, you want to uh, advertise or be a sponsor at Radio Misfits in general? Now we got a 24-hour streaming service going. Get your advertising going now. Get in there now, sales at radiomisfits.com, sales at radiomisfits.com, and say, I would like to advertise with Radio Misfits, and I would particularly love to advertise with the Nick D Podcast. That's what you want to do. We want to get some sponsorships going and all kinds of cool stuff, so sales at radiomisfits.com. You want to be a part of the podcast? Leave your voicemail message. Voicemail system is open 24-7. We want to hear from you. We encourage you to call at any time of day or night. 773-417-6948. Leave that voicemail message now. Drop us an email, 24-7, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs. He's out of Houston, my main man, doing all the themes and the music and the weirdness that you hear and all the really cool stuff that's happening at Radio Misfits. Uh, So check us out at radiomisfits.com and listen to us live, 24-hour streaming, 
radiomisfits.live. So check that out, too. Coming up on episode 141 of the Nick D Podcast, my old friend Marnie Schur is going to join us. She's lovely, and she's awesome. She is with thetakeout.com, which is The Onion's food website, where they write about food and talk about food, um, articles, and all kinds of really cool stuff. We always talk. We love talking to Marnie about food. Um, and have a great time doing that. And we'll uh, do like a weird taste test thing that involves fruit roll-ups. So that's coming up. Uh, and then Esmeralda Leon, who is with me uh, all the time. Uh, she is with me on every single show. She's going to join me, and we're going to talk more about, well, we're going to close out the topic of very weird and disturbing dark lyrics to songs that don't sound weird. And if you have any suggestions, and we've gotten a, a, a bunch of voicemails on this, and I love this, and, and emails and stuff, people saying, yeah, here are some very fucked up lyrics for songs that didn't seem pretty dark, but here they are. But uh, if you want to do that, 773-417-6948 is our voicemail number. So we're going to talk about that. we got a couple of voicemails we're going to get to and some emails to catch up on. And my dad is going to tell a joke because it's Tuesday. And we like to kick off the week of new podcast episodes, which happen on Tuesday, by having my dad stop by and say, hey, get out of the way. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She does love my Hi, show. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's Hi, show. Hi, Carrie. I love you, baby. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, my dad's going to stop by and tell a joke. So that's all coming up. The great Marnie Schur from The Takeout, the lovely Esmeralda Leon, uh, who is my co-host, and a fantastic joke from my dad stopping by to do Nick's Dad Tells a Joke. That's all coming up right here on the Nick D Podcast. And again, check us out at radiomisfits.live, the 24-hour uh, service. And also, um, check out my uh, SNL podcast. If you subscribe to this podcast and you don't subscribe to That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, the SNL podcast, there's something wrong with you. You need to go to a psychiatrist immediately and ask the psychiatrist, why am I not subscribing to Nick's other podcast? That show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. And the psychiatrist will say, because you're insane. So in order to remedy the situation of you being fucking nuts, you need to subscribe right now to my Saturday Night Live podcast. You're doing that right now. And that is, that show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. It is entirely dedicated to the best sketch comedy show of all time. One of the most legendary pieces of television ever created, a show that I've been watching since 1975, and my knowledge of it is ridiculous and vast and awesome. And I and sometimes I don't, and I talk about SNL in very, very uh, creative ways, in very specific ways. As far as I'm concerned, it's the best SNL podcast out there, and you need to subscribe right now. And I know right now there are people who are listening to this, and you are listening right now, and you're like, yeah, I don't subscribe to that Saturday Night Live podcast. Well, you should. And I don't understand. It's baffling to me that you haven't, if you haven't. If you have, thank you, and you should listen more. But it's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. And, uh, in fact, a new episode drops tomorrow, and the entire episode is dedicated to the most legendary SNL catchphrases. You'll hear them live in action, and I'll talk about the origins of them and some of the other catchphrases and some of the ones that didn't catch on and some of the good ones. So, you know, everybody knows, you know, for 48 years, Saturday Night Live has uh, supplied many, many catchphrases to the vernacular and to the zeitgeist of this world. And we talk in general. I talk in general about them and specifically about some of the best SNL catchphrases. And that's just one of the many, many episodes that are available and that will be coming. So if you're a Saturday Night Live fan and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you need to do so right now. And that is That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. New episodes every Wednesday at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And again, it, uh, it, uh, you can hear it every day on radiomisfits.live at 9 a.m. So get to that uh, SNL podcast, subscribe to it right now, and uh, you will be a better person for it. So anyway, okay, the fantastic, the lovely, the, uh, the fantastic 
Marnie Schur is going to join us from the takeout right after I tell you that you should be congratulated, my friend. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jaggle. Let's talk about food, baby. Out of all the things you stick down your throat. Weasels, assholes, you can so see the soap. But don't take it from me. That is so simple, baby. So do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that was kind of weird, but hey, here's something that's awesome. Marnie Shore, everybody. Yeah, and she is awesome, um, and joins us uh, usually about once a month, we talk to Marnie, and uh, Marnie is, what is your, what is, actually Marnie, what is your actual title at uh, The Takeout? I am the managing editor at The Takeout. Look at that, ooh, <laughs> managing editor, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, managing editor at the takeout, thetakeout.com, which is kind of uh, the food offshoot of the onion, or that's at least how it started. That's right. It was um, in partnership with the AV Club and then became its own website back in 2017, and we're still going strong. There you go. And that's what uh, you can read all kinds of really fun food stuff. And, uh, and Marnie's the managing editor. How many people are writing for the takeout with you guys, for you guys? Well, if you count uh, the freelancers that we've got all over the country, it's a solid, you know, group of a few dozen folks, very dedicated people who uh, will eat any manner of fast food I request of them. <laughs> yeah, very, very cool. And uh, and so, you know, the food thing, you've always been uh, like not not necessarily a foodie, but fascinated with food and stuff like that. We talked about it all the time. When did the what, did you always love food when you were a kid? Was it something that you were always uh, happy about? Oh, yeah. Especially like sweets and candy for sure. Um, Mm. But also loved like baking my own desserts and stuff. So just, you know, never on a professional level. I never worked in a restaurant, but I've just always been an avid eater. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about here uh, is food. And uh, we will uh, we will definitely jump into that. And uh, Marty joins us usually uh, once a month and it's always it's always a blast. And uh, so there you go. And Marty, now you are also. We've talked about this before and always have a fun time talking about this. You are um, one of the people that helps put together Mortified. Um, for people who might not know, explain what Mortified is and, uh, and, and, you know, and what you guys do. Yeah, so Mortified is a stage show that takes place all across the country in various cities. Mortified Chicago, um, I work as a story producer with them, and it's a group that puts on a show. Uh, Anyone can sign up to be part of it and get screened to potentially perform. It's a stage show where people read or otherwise present the stuff that they created as angsty adolescents, whether that's diary entries, art projects, music videos in some cases. And we all, as an audience and a show, share the shame together. Yeah. Uh, And I love it. I've been 
you know, it's it's been. I've had uh, guests and producers and participants uh, from Mortified. I've been I've been supporting Mortified since the beginning, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, back when I was on the car wash radio station and now, um, and you guys had a show on May the 4th. So obviously because it was May the 4th, you had a star Wars themed mortified show. Um, and I couldn't make it. I was so mad. I could not do it. Um, I had a lot of stuff I had to catch up on. And also that was right between the time when I was at the music box theater every night for seven nights for the Robert Zemeckis fest. <laughs> took took a couple of second break and then was back because the next night, in fact, you guys had your thing. And the next night was opening night for the Chicago Film Critics uh, Festival, the Chicago Critics Film Festival. And I was there for seven nights straight there. Right. It's almost like we we were like, quick, Nick's not here. Put on the show. Actually, Marty, that's the story of my life. It's like, hey, all right, he's not here. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> That sums up my entire social life. But there you go. Um, So Mortified, the Star Wars edition, was May 4th at the beautiful Music Box Theater, where you guys have done several shows. And um, and so are you you, Is the next one in September going to be at Music Box? Uh, TBD uh, on the details, but there is another show in September. And just like this past one, it will be in um, coordination with WBEZ. Got it. Um, And... Yeah, it was it was a great night of Star Wars related mayhem, and uh, because WBEZ films the shows, they will be available eventually on YouTube. So oh, I will awesome. be sure to send along that Please Star do. Wars one for you. Please do send it along, and I'll spread it. I'll spread the word amongst my listeners and, and podcast friends and all all that cool stuff. I'd love to do that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so so uh, mortifying. What's the what's the the uh, the official website where people can actually check out all the past shows, look at the future shows, and you know say, hey, I would like to be a part of this and submit things. Yeah, so it's getmortified.com, and that is the hub for all the different cities. So you can also see, you know, when there's shows happening all around the country. But there's also a part of the website where it says participate. And if you go there, you might, you know, there's instructions on how to submit some material for consideration. Yeah. Oh, that must be this. It is so cool. Uh, and so, yeah, so check it out. Getmortified.com. Check it out. And it'll explain you know, what you guys have if you had old, you know, like stuff like uh, Marnie, like old diaries and pictures and stories and things like that, correct? And poetry and songs. Yeah, any of that. Uh, yeah. the, the cringier, the better, honestly. Cool. Now, did you participate at all in the May 4th uh, show? I did not participate, uh, but I worked with some of the performers to help ready their stories for the stage. And I had the great privilege of working with someone who had her original Backstreet Boys journal um, from the time that she saw episode one and wrote about that. And it was just a joy. I mean, Star Wars really brings everyone together, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it does. So... What were some of the what were some of the more memorable or some of your favorite uh, stories or moments or presentations concerning being young, being embarrassing, and being a Star Wars fanatic? Well, I think that you'll appreciate the cinematic nature of one of them. Um, there was a hilarious one where uh, a kid, well, the uh, now a grown adult, found. Um, his Star Wars fan fiction from when he was a kid. Uh, but just because 
fan fiction lets you do whatever you want. It was Star Wars and eventually the alien and the predator show up too. <laughs> so oh, it's just, yeah, of course. you know, the, what is that? The xenomorph? Um, yeah. The, ze- the, yeah the, the xenomorph from alien and then the, whatever the predator is from, uh, from predator. Uh, yeah. And then Chewbacca's running around. It's great. It's just like, where does the mind of a child go? That's yeah. exactly where it goes. You know, I, 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 I think people in their forties want that. Uh, I yeah. think they want. I they I, I I I think adults were like, yeah. Why don't all these characters get together? It's just IP, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. I think it's, and I think if I'm not mistaken, um, all of them are 20th Century Fox. Hon- oh, honest wow. to God, I think they're all Fox. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. Someone <laughs> I, needs to make a phone call here. I seriously, I think there isn't. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is Fox, right? Yeah, Star Wars is 20th Century Fox. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Star I mean, it, it it brought the house down at the music box, so, you know, that seems like a multi-million dollar franchise to I me. Think, I think Predator is Fox, and I think Alien is Fox. I don't understand why all these things... Well, I mean, first of all, Alien and Predator have already done that. Right. They've and already crossed over. It's so. not hard to just, like, throw Chewy in there, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so that that went over pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Did you have any, uh, any other uh, favorites? What, like, the people that you helped out with, what were some of your... Yeah, so um, the story that I helped work on um, was really fascinating because uh, a very talented storyteller, Eileen Tull, um, was kind of melding her childhood love of Star Wars with her childhood love of the Backstreet Boys, her childhood love of Jesus Christ as a very religious, you know, preteen, and all those things kind of fit uncannily well together in the mind of a child because it's just like a land of fantasy and you know, larger than life characters. And it was just so funny to like find the ways in which all those things intersected in the journals. Yeah. So that was fascinating. Somehow that doesn't seem, I mean, that seems completely natural to me. Backstreet Boys, (laughs) Jesus, and Star Wars. Somehow that all works. In my brain, that all somehow makes sense. I don't know. Exactly, exactly. It just, it felt right. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, and uh, and you had a nice turnout. Was there was there a big crowd? Everything great crowd. Yes, and the the warmest audience at at every mortified show, really, because you know when you all share the shame together, there's just this really great communion that happens, and it's just everyone feels very uh, safe in that crowd, and everyone's yeah. like laughing their asses off. So right. it's great. Yeah. Well, th- I mean, that's that's the key word is safe because a lot of people are like, oh man, I would never want to share, you know, how uncringy un- un- and embarrassing <laughs> I was when I was a kid. But everybody's doing it and everybody's there. You're all there to share the same thing. It's a very safe and very fun place to do that. Definitely. And that's what I would encourage anybody else who's thinking about submitting to keep in mind is that it is a very nurturing type of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a, clo- I'm a closet Backstreet uh, uh, Boys fan. Uh, is that right? Oh, yeah. I love them. <laughs> I love that. I love the video where they're all dressed up like the mummy. And uh, Frankenstein and Dracula. I, that's my favorite video of all of it's them. It's pure camp. That's back. Backstreet's back. All right, that one. That's the. That's yeah. that's the. I happen to have a, 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 a not even a guilty love of that. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I, I absolutely love it. So it's just good song crafting. Yeah. It, it is now. So it was May fourth. It was uh, you know May the fourth be with you. Um, uh, it's that's where everybody on that day everybody lisps apparently, uh, um, and um, so so did you have? I mean, I'm assuming people came in cosplay. I'm assuming costumes were there and all that stuff. Oh yes, uh, there were stormtroopers, and mm-hmm. they took their jobs very seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those are all. Uh, there's some great photos on uh, the WBEZ social pages of all the the mayhem, and it was great. 
Okay, very cool. So check it out at WBEZ, and then the videos will pop up at some point on YouTube. And if you're a regular listener and you follow me on my social medias, uh, I will post the links to all that cool stuff so you can check it out. Uh, getmortified.com, be, become a part of it. The next show, all the details are uh, to be uh, determined, uh, but it'll happen in September. So mm-hmm. very, very cool. Now, um, as I mentioned to you, uh, Marnie, I... Uh, I was at the Chicago Critics Film Festival for seven nights straight. And in those seven nights, I saw two programs, full-length programs of short films, which were great, and 19 movies in seven days. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. How do you remember all of them? I, I don't even know anymore. They all kind of meld together. And um, one of my favorite movies, it was, in fact, it was my favorite movie until the closing night. Oh. Uh, closing night, uh, they showed a, a film called... Um, uh, theater camp, which was a fun, a, f- a really f- kind of a fun movie. I didn't like it very much, but a lot of people had a great time. And it was about kids at a summer camp, a theater camp. And it was putting on a show. So anybody who's ever, have you ever done theater, Marnie? Oh, yes. 12 I'm, years of community theater, including okay. many summer camps. <laughs> okay. All right, then. You're, you're, you will laugh your ass off at a lot yes. of stuff in here. Um, and, and I did theater for a very long time, as you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I was with the Factory Theater for many, many years and did a bunch of show. So there's a lot of theater stuff in there that those of us who have done theater uh, will laugh at. Now, I never did theater as a kid. I was not in a theater camp or anything like that. So some of those jokes, you know, uh, maybe didn't hit me as hard as it hit everybody else in the, in the theater. And I guarantee you, Marnie, you'll laugh your ass off when you see it. <laughs> I'm excited I guarantee about you. that. My favorite jokes in it were the jokes... <laughs> <laughs> were the jokes about the, about the kids who would eventually become stage managers? Those <laughs> that was my favorite stuff in the in the in the movie was like because uh-huh. you know what you know what I'm talking about you know you know they had like they were like wearing like they were all wearing like ski caps and they had headsets on and you know they were little kids and they were kids oh, but they yeah. were they were definitely there are there there are people who are cut from a certain cloth who are destined to be that's <laughs> me oh is that you you're you're, you're a stage oh, manager yeah. Yeah. oh yeah like i i was in the shows but like when i had that headset on i was thriving <laughs> uh, well you're going to yeah i mean my favorite stuff in this movie was the stage manager stuff because i you know, I acted a lot, and I, you know, and stuff like that on stage. But I always, I, I always, I always preferred directing. Directing was my favorite <laughs> thing. And my favorite people that I've ever had to deal with, ever, whenever I do a show, whether I'm on stage or whether I'm directing it, are the stage managers. They're my, I swear to God, they're my favorite people on oh, earth. Oh yeah, they're on top of everything. Like yep. they just have it all together. You know, they do, and I don't think they're appreciated enough. And I think they get treated like shit by a lot of, uh, by right. a lot of directors. And I think. You know what I mean? I think a lot of theater companies and a lot of directors don't appreciate. I love stage managers are my favorite people in theater. I'm not kidding. <laughs> They're my favorite people. I love them. Well, they and make it, it possible, right? They, listen, they put the show up as much as anyone else. You can't. And I'm, I, I, I absolutely believe this to the core fiber of my being. You cannot put up a good show. You cannot put up a good piece of theater if you have a bad stage manager. That's yes. it. That's mm-hmm. it. And I, I abide by that belief till the day I die. I will, I will believe that. <laughs> so the jokes that involved, not only were they on the nose, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the, with the characters that they had and the way they were written and the way they looked. Not only did they nail every stage manager that I've ever known <laughs> perfectly, but like it was the, to me, it was the most, it, to me, it was the most clever stuff in the, in the, in the, in the movie. Yeah, because we all know about like hammy child actors and exactly. things like that. But this exactly. is a little lesser recognized yeah. part of Ex- it. That, right. And they hit every joke, you know, like the hammy child actors, the, you know, the, 
Uh, and it's way over the top. And, and, and some of it's funny and some of it doesn't work for me. Um, but uh, but my favorite stuff was the stage adventure. Anyway, the, but that's not the movie. That, but the movie before it mm-hmm. was this documentary that's called um, Starring Jerry as Himself. And, mm-hmm. it, and somehow it doesn't have a distributor. It was the only movie of the 19 that I saw that doesn't have a distributor, will not be seen anytime soon, either in theaters or streaming. For some reason, it's not. And for my money, it was the best movie I saw. Of the 19 films and two short uh, film presentations that I saw, uh, this movie, starring Jerry as himself, was absolutely the best movie I saw at the, at the, at the fest. And it's a and documentary? It, it's a documentary, but it's unlike any documentary you've ever seen. It breaks every rule. I think, personally, I think it's a revolutionary documentary. Uh-huh. In the way that it's made, in, in the way that they tell this real story, but you know how a lot of documentaries have reenactments, Marnie? Uh-huh. And I always have a little problem with that. Like, I've always had an issue with, like, reenactments. I'm like, I don't want to see, you know, if you don't have yeah. the footage, then I don't want to see it, you know. I mean, because right. it always, whenever I see reenactments in a movie, it just, it just makes me think of, like, America's Most Wanted or some kind of shit like that. <laughs> or, yeah, that. like, Unsolved Mysteries. Exactly. That's what I'm talking, <laughs> yes, ex- exactly. But yeah. this movie takes that kind of questionable style of reenactment and, and does something with it that no one's ever done before. And when you're watching the first hour of the movie, you're kind of going, what am I want? What exactly is this? And then they pull the rug out from underneath you and you have to reevaluate everything that you've seen in that first hour. And you're huh. like, wait, oh, oh. And then the, the, the real story of what you've been watching in documentary style with all the truths comes out and it's devastating. Hmm. It's devastating. I don't want to go into what it's about. I don't want to go into what, it is, but it's an, I think it's an important film that needs to be seen, especially if you're a senior or you know someone who's in your family or you are, or, or anybody in your family, your mother, your father, your grandparents are older and might get taken in by scams. Oh, okay. And, oh, wow. That's going to be devastating, isn't it? And Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, but, like, but the way it's shot, the way it's done, um, the way you get to know these characters, it's not at all the way that you normally done in a documentary. And the reenactments are not done in, in, in a regular sort of reenactment documentary fashion. Mm-hmm. I think it's a revolutionary movie and it's devastating. Like I walked out of that movie, I was blown away by it. Absolutely blown away by it. Huh. So shockingly, for some reason, it does not have a distributor or a streaming contract. Well- and maybe it's because if it's unlike anything you've seen before, distributors don't know how to distribute it. I think you're right. I'm <laughs> almost positive you're right on that. But that, that was my favorite movie. But until that evening, my favorite movie, and I have to tell you about it, Marnie, because you know you and I have bonded big time over the past year or so about, about uh, horror films. Yes. You have to see a movie that will be coming out on August 18th. Okay? Okay. And it is called Birth Slash Rebirth. Birth, okay. rebirth. I've seen the title listed in these like <laughs> festival breakdowns. What is it? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let me try to let me try to explain as best I can. Um, there is a woman who works uh, in the morgue of a hospital and and is experimenting on things and does not like to work with the living. Doesn't do very well with the living. You know what I mean? Like a person that doesn't like have a lot of friends is just an outcast, strange, had an interesting sort of childhood and began experimenting on dead things and still does that, but legally in a hospital. Great, great. She comes across the path of Judy Reyes, who, by the way, was in Scrubs. Um, Did you ever watch Scrubs? 
Only a few episodes. Okay, she was one of the cast members of Scrubs, and she okay. plays a uh, um, a uh, the head of uh, nurses in uh, the OBGYN who delivers babies. Uh, and so she, there's a tragedy that happens that involves the death of a child, and these two people come together in order to stave off death and bring that child maybe back to life. This is going to be great. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, this, I'm mad at how far away August is. This sounds perfect. It is uh, a phenomenal movie. It, it <laughs> is, and I met the director, uh, and uh, the director's name is uh, Laura Moss. Uh-huh. And they are a really amazing person. They agreed to be on my podcast. As soon as the movie was over, I cornered them because <laughs> because they were there for the Q&A afterwards. So the director uh-huh. and the, were there for the Q. And I don't do this. I don't run up to directors <laughs> yeah. or or people who, you know, who are going to be there. And as soon as the movie was over, I ran up to them and I was like, we need to talk now. <laughs> Um, and we went over and they got a glass of wine and I sat her down at the, at the table and I talked about how much I love the movie and the, you know, and, uh, and let me just put it to you this way, Marnie. If you think the combination of Mary Shelley, Todd Haynes and David Cronenberg sounds interesting to you, oh my God. uh, there you go. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> Did did they mention that they might be able to push up the release date at all? No, here, here's here's what's happening. I I worked with them, you know, uh, and they didn't know the actual date yet. The date was solidified just a few days ago. Oh, okay, okay. And I've been emailing back and forth with them, and uh, and they were like, yes, you know. And then I sent a link to them for my podcast. I was like, look, I want you to be on my podcast. I think we'd be great. And then they listened to a few episodes, and they emailed me back and said, hey, you're great. You also know David Desmalchin. He's a friend of mine. Oh. Uh, and so, you know, we're going to get along famously. And then finally, the date, you know, the date for the movie was was scheduled. Um, it'll be in theaters on August 18th. And then it goes directly to Shudder. OK, uh, so it goes to the streaming service Shudder, which is a mm-hmm. fantastic service. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but we are working out a thing where at the horror convention that I am a host at, which, by the way, Marnie, you have to come to. Yes, you absolutely. Have to to. You have to come and check it out. I'll take you all around. I'll introduce you to everybody. We've got a reunion of Christine. The movie Christine, a whole yeah. bunch of cast members. The car is going to be there. The actual car is going to be there. <laughs> uh, we've got a scream reunion with Rose McGowan and Jamie Kennedy and a couple of oh other people, and Skeet, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. We have uh, Terrifier Two, which was the clown movie. Okay, I went. I did high school theater with someone in Terrifier Two. Who? I have. I haven't seen Terrifier Two, but Casey Hartnett did community theater right alongside uh, me. Casey Hartnett's going to be at the fest. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I mean, we she, have... I don't know if Casey will remember me, but... We have <laughs> we have 11 cast members uh, and the director coming. Wow. From, from the first Terrifier and Terrifier 2. Now, to, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I don't like the Terrifier movies. Um, <laughs> so I will not be doing their Q&A. <laughs> the, the uh-huh, uh-huh. Somebody else, will, somebody who likes the movie will be doing the Q&A because I don't want to be a jag-off about it. Which is plenty of people, you know? Yeah, no, no, no. People, people love, love that yeah. movie. Oh, no, 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 no. And look, I'm, I would be, you know, it, I would be remiss if not mentioning that Everybody who I've mentioned that to have lost their shit because, oh my God, Terrifier! Ah, and they've gone nuts. So, But also, we've got a few people from Halloween 2 who are going to be there. Uh, oh, Kane, Kane Hodder, who played um, 
Jason in a few of the Friday the 13th movies. He's going to be there. Gosh. Uh, There's going to be a concert by Alan Howarth, who co-created and co-composed music with John Carpenter for his movies. Oh, wow. He's doing a concert on the Saturday night there, so it's going to be great. I'm doing a live version of this podcast there, and maybe if you're there, you can jump up on stage with us. That would be awesome. I mean, does this just take all year long to to plan? It seems like such a huge undertaking. Mike and Mia Kerr's. Uh, they are a married couple, been married for many years. They put this thing together every year in order to fund their drive-in that they run all year long. Oh, wow. They run a drive-in called the Midway Drive-In in Dixon, Illinois. Yeah. And, and whatever money is made from this three-day convention for the Flashback Horror Convention, it goes right into the, keeping the, the drive-in going. That's awesome. I yeah, love they're that. amazing people. So yeah, it takes all year to put it together. But yeah, it's August 4th through the 6th. It's at the uh, Hyatt Regency in O'Hare. Awesome. I'm so writing you're, it down. You're, I'm going to get, yeah, you don't even have to write it down. You and I are friends, so you'll be there. And you, <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, and I, will introduce you, I will introduce you to everybody uh, from oh. Christine to, you know, to the screen people, all that stuff. It's going to be awesome. a great time. But amazing. I have, I talked to uh, Laura, you know, the director and writer mm-hmm. of Birth Rebirth about like debuting a trailer there, a lengthy trailer, and then maybe giving passes away. So we're working that out. Oh, yeah, because it's right before the, exactly. the release it's date. Like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks before the release date. That's when we do our, our convention, so it's going to be great. But anyway, mark it down. Look it up online. Birth, rebirth. I'm there. I, I need and, that movie in my life. Yeah, exactly. So I know you haven't you haven't seen a lot of horror movies. You've been busy and stuff. Uh-huh. But just know that there's one on the horizon that's going to kick your ass through the back of the theater. That's <laughs> and in the summertime, no less, which is like exactly. peak horror season. That's perfect. Exactly. Now, speaking of movies... <laughs> AMC is doing something kind of radical here, and you guys talked about it. Yeah. Uh, concession stands at AMC are about to do something different. Please tell us about this. Yeah, so over at the takeout, we were looking into AMC theaters because, you know, you think of AMC, you think that is a movie theater brand, a chain of theaters across the country, but they're trying to become more than that, and food is an easy expansion for a place that, you know, has a concession stand, right? So right, yeah. back in March, AMC released its own AMC branded microwave popcorn in grocery stores. Um, I don't know if you've seen it in the aisles yet. I have not. Now I'm curious. Have you tried it? No, but it's, it's also, it's microwave popcorn. And then there's also pre-popped bags so i'm gonna try to pick up one of each and see if there's one that's better i mean i would think that the microwave kind is better right let's let's you know what let's do that for the next time oh yeah let's mark that down so next time in june you know when you're on maybe at the Mm -hmm. end of june or something we'll pick out a date but let's do that Uh, we'll both get the the amc popcorn stuff and 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 try it out for the next one so we can officially tell you how it tastes perfect Yeah, yeah and and Part of the reason they did that was, you know, oh, AMC is known for its popcorn. Well, I don't know how true that is. I don't hear a lot of chatter <laughs> about, you know, how good AMC popcorn is. But right, right I, I now, I, I know, I, I know, yeah, I, yeah, ArcLight. But I know the Music Box is known for their popcorn. Oh yeah, uh, and That's I know the da- the Davis, in fact, is known for their popcorn. But mm-hmm. I'm not so sure it's AMC. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because the Davis and the Music Box have that real butter upgrade you can get. And yeah, Yeah. so, but anyway, so, but now AMC is looking at other ways to expand its brand. They're going to start creating in-house candy brands. So if you go up to the concession stand right now, you can get, you know, Sour Patch Kids, Cookie Dough Bites, things like that. Um, And alongside those options is going to be an AMC branded candy. 
Uh, I don't know what types of candy they'll produce yet. I don't know mm-hmm. if they know yet. But they said this in a Q1 earnings call last week because they noticed that the price of stocking all the candy got so expensive that they want to find ways to increase the profit margin on it. Note that that doesn't necessarily mean the cost to the consumer will be the, any lower. <laughs> the, see, that was my that was my next question. Was you know how you know when you go to Jewel, you can get the Jewel brand a little mm-hmm. cheaper, or you can get the generic brand a little bit cheaper. But we don't know if the AMC brand is going to be cheaper. It'll just be cheaper for them, right? right? And like maybe they'll raise the price more on the name brand stuff and then keep this consistent. You don't know. I mean, maybe yeah. it'll be cheaper. Yeah. But all of this is a moot point if the candy isn't good. So I really hope they choose a good manufacturer and a good, you know, distributor to yeah. help them with this stuff because if it's boring candy, it's it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. And I you know, I, you mentioned those those cookie dough bites. Oh Jesus Christ, those things. I can't <laughs> That's even... a good Jesus Christ, right? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. You know, it, it, it's interesting. I hope that they are. You know, it'd be interesting to see if they're good or not. Um, but you know, uh, I, I, it would. You would think that they would go cheaper because it's interesting. Because you know, as as I mentioned to you, I believe before we started recording that I worked at uh, Jewel for many years, mm-hmm. and you know, there and and I shop at Jewel. And I'll tell you something: the signature Jewel brand is quite good. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. You can get some really good stuff cheaper with the Signature Jewel brand, uh, you know, uh, with many items. Yes. And, you know, it, even if even if they're only good at half of what they do, that's a huge chunk of products that you're paying less money for. So it really yeah. adds up. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether they get like they're going to try and do their little. What do you think AMC is going to call their raisinets? Raisin treats? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like they'll know. have to go with the generic name. Yeah, they got to go with the generic like- name. Gummy children. Right. Gummy, ch- <laughs> gummy children. That's a good one. I like that. I, I like that. Um, so, okay. So we'd be looking for the AMC brand candy as some sort of change. Hey, by the way, do you know what, um, what, uh, what uh, movie treat I discovered that I, d- I guess I didn't know existed? What? Uh, I went to the, uh, to the, 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 the theater that you, the, the, <laughs> that you're not a fan of the one on Western, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the city Regal North, city the one North, that you think yeah. is the worst. Yeah. The Regal City <laughs> North. I went there and I can't remember what the hell I was seeing. I went to see something and they had the, have you tried Cheetos popcorn? No. Do they have it there? They did. And they don't need more. They had it oh. one time. <laughs> they had a big setup right in the front and I walked up and I was like, holy shit. And they had. So what it is, is it's cheese, you know, it's your, it's your basic like cheddar corn, your cheddar popcorn, mm-hmm. but it's got Cheetos mixed in it. Oh, interesting. And so they like also two kinds had of crunch. Yeah. So you had Cheetos, you had actual Cheetos mixed in with the popcorn, with the cheddar popcorn. And they also had the uh, flame and hot version. So you could get the <gasps> regular and flame and hot Cheetos popcorn. Let me tell you something. I demolished that thing. <laughs> I mean, that sounds truly genius. It's, and it's, oh. it's, it speaks, I'm sorry, that is so Regal City North. They, they hit on gold <laughs> and then they take it away. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you try, you try that, right? I mean, Cheetos oh. popcorn? I would love to try Cheetos popcorn. That sounds yeah. so good because that's a very intense cheddar. It's not like oaky oak or something. It's exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is so, and it was quality popcorn too. It was good. I will say the cheddar popcorn. Uh, was good and combine it with you know and it's you got a handful of popcorn and a handful of Cheetos in every bite. 
Wow. That's and I'm telling you, my hands gourmet. were a, my hands were a mess. <laughs> yeah, you needed to bring in like a pair of chopsticks or something. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to watch the movie and I'm like, holy shit, there's getting orange all over. Maybe that's why they stopped. Maybe maybe they stopped because the the ushers were tired of cleaning up all the orange powder from the seats afterwards. I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough like antibacterial <laughs> stuff yeah, in yeah. the world to get rid of it. <laughs> but it's tasty if you can find it. Look it up, Marnie. Look it up. Oh, it's the Cheetos popcorn. Oh, so goddamn good. It sounds amazing. So good. Hey, uh. What if people don't know what a cronut is? I do, <laughs> but they've been around for ten years, which I found out from you know the, the takeout. Mm-hmm. Ten years. Explain what a cronut is, and 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 is it making some sort of a comeback or or, or something? Yeah, you know, it was um, so Mother's Day, twenty thirteen. Uh, means we've we've had the cronut in our lives for ten years, and I assume most people have at least heard of it. Um, I I certainly remember in 2013 hearing so many stories about people lining up down the block for one basically dominique ansel bakery in new york city wanted to do a mother's day treat back in 2013 and um you know the dominique ansel who you know is the owner of the bakery is a french pastry chef and really knows his way around croissant dough so used a croissant dough to create kind of you know um like a puff pastry and then stamped a hole in it like a donut and then fried it in the style of a donut and thus we have the cronut the croissant donut with a million layers inside i new yorkers would not shut up about this thing i was in chicago at the time and i'm like everybody needs to stop talking about this because chicagoans can't eat it (laughs) but then enough uh imitations crept their way across the country that they're kind of available all over now. I think even Duncan did a version of them a few years ago, but it's, you know, it's a truly inspired creation because a croissant is mostly butter and a donut is mostly, you know, frying oil and sugar. So why haven't we combined these things before? Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, they've been celebrating the decade of the cronut and it really has had a massive impact on desserts and you know like food culture because it's not just one stunty dessert that people would wait in line for hours for it was kind of like the first time or one of the first times that we saw people waiting in line for hours to get the pastry but also the photo op right it's yeah it's a gorgeous pastry but you could also take a picture and show that you were somewhere posted on facebook or something and so viral food mashups really followed in the wake of the cronut, um, including many ripoffs of the cronut. But it's just like, it kind of made people rethink the way that they were inventing new treats and the way that we were consuming them. So it's it's kind of, you know, we might think of it as like, oh, the cronut, it's overblown, blah, blah, blah. But like, it had a real impact on food culture. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And, and so... So ten years. So uh, when when it when it first debuted, did people go, "Oh, why hasn't anybody thought of this before?" Right? Yeah. So um, the funny thing is, it its popularity was kind of immediately viral. It wasn't one of those things that slowly catches on via word of mouth. Um, Grub Street actually had an article about it the weekend that it debuted, and I, they sold out, and and people were lined up down the block. People just couldn't get enough of the way it looked and the way it sounded like it was going to taste that it was immediate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great name too, the cronut. 
I love it. Yes, it it tells you all you need to know. Doesn't it sound like a character from Star Wars, the Cronut? Doesn't it? <laughs> it needs like a number after that or something. Yeah, the the Cronut Z two or something. There we go. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm surprised there wasn't a, a show. Uh, there wasn't something at the Mortified show about the Cronut uh, character. <laughs> that would yeah, been fantastic. So the Cronut celebrating ten years. You can read all about it at the takeout. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if you know this about you know uh, Marnie. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but do you know that I'm a do you, do you know that I'm kind of a milk f- freak? Freak can mean many things in this context. What what does this mean? <laughs> I drink milk with every meal. If oh, I'm okay, not, great. If I'm if I'm not at a restaurant, and, so you're and, you're a freak in a positive direction. Oh no, absolutely! I love milk, and it's got to be whole milk. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I won't drink the dishwater stuff. I, it's got to mm-hmm. be. I don't want the two percent. I don't want the one. I don't want the skim. Yeah, none of that. It's got to be whole milk, and I drink mm-hmm. a lot of it. And uh, and there is there are milk wars going on. I'm always hesitant to like drink anything that is not actual real milk mm-hmm. and my old friend and the legendary uh, uh broadcaster orion samuelson uh you know used to get angry when people say would call things like almond milk and he would say something like in the big deep orion voice he would say you cannot milk an almond he would <laughs> and he would get very upset about that and i feel the same way um i do not like the imitation milk i don't want any of the soy crap and i don't want the nut milk i don't want any of that stuff things that they call quote unquote milk i don't want i want real whole milk mm-hmm. so there's and- the milk wars what's happening there yeah i mean i I'm glad to hear you're a milk enthusiast. I myself am a milk enthusiast. Cool. I love, I'm very picky about, you know, I like certain kinds of milk. I don't want anything that's, you know, triple filtered, blah, 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 because it just means it's thinner, you know. I just want as cowy as possible, is how I would say <laughs> it. Uh, but... I am so with you. That's the best <laughs> way. I've never used that term, but I'm going to now. <laughs> I want my milk to be cowy, as cowy yes. as possible. Okay. Uh, yeah, bring it from the barnyard. But uh, yeah. yeah, actually, if you if you ever see things like coconut milk, almond milk, oat milk, these things are spelled as one word, uh, you know, with the M-I-L-K at the end of the word. And I think part of that is because there have been legal cases brought against these companies alleging false advertising. Um, you know, dairy farmers are not happy about it because they're they want their product differentiated as the dairy product it is. Absolutely. Um, and so when you call other things milk, it dilutes the notion of milk, literally and figuratively. Um, so, yeah, I I think that that kind of kicked it off is that the rise in things like almond milk, oat milk, as people started opting for those, and then the dairy farmers were really not happy about it, and then yeah. they've gone to court over it before. But then... As it continues to gain market share, the alternative milk category is lashing out at the milk again because they're saying, well, your product, because it uses farm animals, is worse for the environment. And, you know, a lot of farm animals aren't treated well, etc. Definitely that depends on where you're getting the milk from, which companies are producing it and all that. You, you, yeah. can, get, you can get milk that is better for the environment, less, you know, cruelty and all that. Yeah. But then... The milk campaign did. I don't know if you saw that commercial with Aubrey Plaza. I don't did you think see I this ha- for wood milk. Oh yes, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a joke <laughs> yeah. ad campaign where right, I did. 
<laughs> she's advertising, oh, a great new alternative milk yeah. product made from logs. It's called right. wood milk. And, right. you know, at the end, she drops the facade and she said, only real milk is real milk. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, now Oatly's knocking back against milk at that. And they're saying, well, if you can prove what your environmental emissions are, we'll pay for advertising for you in, you know, major newspapers. It's exhausting. These, wow. these companies are just sniping at each other all day long. And ultimately, I don't think the public is going to come down one way or the other based on all this, like, grandstanding. You know, yeah. you kind of like what you like, and that's what you're going to drink. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? They ought to make a movie out of this. It sounds very dramatic. <laughs> the Milk Wars. <laughs> yeah, The Milk Wars. You get Matt Damon in The Milk Wars. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, or get Aubrey Plaza to be in yeah. it as herself. That would be, be great. You, I did see that commercial, and I did think that was funny. Um, it was, But yeah. yeah, like you, Marnie, I want my milk as cowy as possible, and um, and I drink it a lot. People think I'm nuts. I mean, like I... Yeah, same. <laughs> you know, I like to... You know, like people are like, why do you, why do you drink milk? And I'm like, well, because it's good, and... <laughs> Yeah, and the like fact it. that that seems unusual might be a sign that alternative milk has already won, you know, because yeah. they're, they're winning the, the court of public opinion is, yeah. you know, that's normal. And drinking milk is something that, I don't know, I think people think that it's juvenile or something. That's exactly right. Like, I get a lot of like, you're an adult, why are you drinking milk? I'm like, I don't, because I like it. And, yeah. and I, I've always liked it. And, you know, I mean, I drink yeah. a lot of milk. I mean, I go through, I live alone, Marnie, and mm -hmm. I go through a gallon of milk a week. Totally. Oh yeah. I'm Easily. like the same way. And it's yeah. And, and if I don't have a backup milk sitting in the fridge, I get nervous. <laughs> Me too. God, we have so much in common in that department. It's so weird. I'm exactly the same way. Like, you know, like if I'm like down to a, like, and I, and I'm not going to, cause I kind of like do, there's a, there's a, there's a time when I kind of do the grocery shopping, uh -huh. you know, cause I, I live, uh, a, a, a pretty good distance from the jewel. It's not great walking distance, especially if you're carrying groceries, mm -hmm. but I live right across the street from a Walgreens. So, like, if I'm running low on milk, I'll go across the street and get a half a gallon for five hundred dollars and bring it, <laughs> and bring it <laughs> just so I have milk. You know, it's I have to it. have it. It's worth yeah, it. Yeah, it's worth it. So, but yeah, that's good to hear. But the milk wars. Okay, we can read all about that. That you guys wrote about that mm -hmm. um, uh, at uh, the takeout. Now, to go along with your glass of milk, you know what's really great with a glass of milk? Uh, an old school deep fried apple pie from McDonald's. <laughs> yes. But apparently, Marnie, we can only go to one place, one McDonald's. Right. By the way, are the dogs okay? I've been hearing some. Are you oh, can you hear those dogs? Yes, I can. It's okay. Those dogs I are two doors down from me. Can you oh, believe no. it? Oh, my God. They are just, they mail all day long. And I have yeah. all my windows closed, and it's two you, doors away. Two doors away, you have all your windows closed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> I live in a big, I live in a big, uh, I live in a big, uh, an apartment building. Uh, there are. Yeah. A lot of units here and a lot of crazy shit. I just thought maybe there was some sort of dog meeting happening. Uh, oh, this, this beagle <laughs> screams morning to night about nothing. <laughs> it's a beagle. I owned a beagle. I had a beagle for a while. So you know. <laughs> I know. And they lead with their nose. And here's another thing about, about beagles. When I used to have the beagle, I was a bartender too. I was bartending. So I'd get home at like 3 o'clock in the morning and have to walk the dog. Oh, yeah. And beagles, beagles enjoy. I don't know if you know. Have you ever had a beagle, Marnie? No, but aren't they like the ultimate like sniffing hunting? Dogs? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so I get home from working at a bar at like four o'clock in the morning or three thirty in the morning, and the goddamn dog takes a half an hour to take a pee because <laughs> it has to smell everything. So yes. yeah. Anyway. All right. So McDonald's. If we want a fried, a beautiful old fashioned, which they don't have anymore, the great 
deep fried uh, apple pie from McDonald's. Where can we? Where do we have to go? You have to go to one of two places: Downey, California, or <laughs> Hawaii. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for about thirty years, McDonald's has made about thirty years ago. McDonald's made the switch from deep frying their apple pies to baking them. And the, well, right. I mean, <laughs> even the words don't sound as good, do they? I know. No, they don't. <laughs> but it's it's so funny because a lot of things that change in fast food, you know, the grumbling stops at a certain point. But when the fried apple pies went away, I mean, the grumbling never stopped. I, for most of my life, have not had the fried apple pie. And people are still just so angry about not being able to get it. And I'm one of those people. I'm one of those well, people. Well, then you need to take a flight to Downey, California or Hawaii. Or just buy the baked apple pie and throw it in, a, in some oil when you get home. Oh, then, I like that. Know. The DIY that, method. Yeah, that, maybe that'll work Start out. Start heating know. up the oil when you leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, nice so Downey, Downey, California or Hawaii is the only place to get your old school fried apple pie. Yes. And, you know, part of that is just certain franchises can kind of decide what they want to do, but it's obviously easier to do the baked. And so a lot of franchises yeah. opt for that and you need yeah. to do like special orders, but you know, they undeniably taste better. They're, they're more they, flavorful. They're more indulgent, yeah. you know? They, well, I mean, you know, you know what I used to love? I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the apple pie that, not the apple pie. I used to, I just called them all apple pies. Even when they were cherry <laughs> pie, I just kept calling them an apple pie. Like in the South where they call everything a Coke. Yeah. Like in the South, I'll have a Coke. Okay, what kind? Seven up. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> but um, but the 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 fried pie oh, years and years ago that I loved was right around Thanksgiving. They would do the pumpkin pie. Oh wow, that and sounds it was, good. It was the McDonald's deep fried pumpkin pie. Oh, stop it! Oh my God, Marnie, it was the greatest thing ever. Well, and of course, you know, you know, the warning on either flap that said contents is hot because when you bite into it, you're going to burn the roof of your mouth. It's molten. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly. Exactly that. Well, the Popeye's uh, does a pumpkin cream cheese one in the fall, and that is killer. Oh, so God. good. Oh, God. Yeah, I love it. So we have to travel long distances in order to get the famous old school fried apple pie. That's right. That's disappointing. That is disappointing. Well, it's been 30 years. I should be over it by now. <laughs> no one is. Don't worry so, about it. All right. No, we were going to do a taste test thing. There's this thing that's happening on TikTok and all over the place. People are doing stuff with the fruit roll-up and some ice cream. Could you explain that to me? Yes, I can. Um, fruit roll-ups. We all know and love them. Um, but on TikTok, you know, social media platform where people have to think of things to film videos about all day long. Uh, there's a lot of food experimentation that goes on. A good example of this is that last summer people figured out you could freeze tubes of honey and turn them into like lollipops. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not recommended by no. dietitians because a lot of honey at once can cause bad things to happen to your body. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would think people would know that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no. No. Um, so fruit roll-ups, uh, better, better use of food in a frozen context because what people have been doing is putting a little bit of ice cream onto the center of a fruit roll-up, rolling it up, and then it kind of instantly hardens. Something about mm -hmm. that plasticky texture of a fruit roll-up yeah. uh, hardens around the ice cream, and then you bite into it, and it kind of forms a crunchy shell around the ice cream. And people mm. swear by it to the point where 
there's a black market for fruit roll-ups happening in Israel because it's a, it's one of the places they don't happen to sell as many of them. So yeah. people are bringing them in to sell them, to do the TikTok trend. And I mean, it's wild. And so I was going to suggest that we do a taste test of this. I went to three stores and there were gushers and there were fruit by the foots. Yeah. But there were no fruit roll-ups and they were just empty. The shelves were bare. And then I went to go to see the ice cream case. Yeah. And the flavors that people all said worked the best with the fruit roll-ups, like mango and strawberry, they're all gone. Wow. Just so absolutely that's it. bare shelves. So yes. they are wiping out fruit fruit roll-ups now are on the black market because of this. <laughs> yeah. And on the way home from the third store, I saw an empty box of fruit roll-ups on the sidewalk. <laughs> Well, you, you know, when, when when you and I were communicating back and forth that we were probably going to try and do a taste test with the ice cream and the fruit roll-ups, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get some fruit roll-ups. And I was at the Music Box Theater, uh, as I often am, uh, seeing Bernardo Bertolucci's The Conformist uh, on Sunday. And I ran across the street to The Jewel, which is the jewel I used to work at many, many, many years ago. And I went down the aisle, and the fruit roll-up section was almost bare, but I went all the way and reached into the back, and I found a couple of boxes and grabbed one box and it's SpongeBob. I got the bun- the SpongeBob strawberry flavored fruit roll-ups, but there weren't that many. There weren't that many left. And I have Sponge to say Bob. this: SpongeBob. That was the only ones that were left. Were SpongeBob ones? That was the only ones that were left. And I have to tell you, I've not had a fruit roll-up. I, I Jesus Christ, I can't even tell you how long. Right. I mean, they're they're like not even something that you'd pick up as an adult and say, oh, I wonder if these are still good. Yeah. Because they're expensive, and like we kind of all remember what they taste like, right? Right. I'm, I, I just bit into one. <laughs> oh, how is it? Uh, it's like it's going to take six months for me to chew this. Yeah, it's, you know, it's I mean, plastic. It's plastic. <laughs> it's like chewing on strawberry plastic. Um, but anyway, I'm going to spit that out because I'll be chewing on it. I'll be chewing on it for 20 minutes. You could revisit but, it later. Uh, but I was able to actually find a box. Wow. But they are now on the black market, and uh, and and so if you ever get your your fruit roll ups, but they had fruit by like you said, they had gushers and they had fruit by the foot all over the place. Right, and it's like I can't scoop ice cream onto a pack of gushers unless I can. And maybe I should. <laughs> maybe you should try that out for next time. There and it is. You should sell the rest of the box that you have. I'm going to. Yeah, it seems like I could go out on the street right now and sell. I, was, I, I, can, I have an L stop right across the street. I can just stand there. Oh, going there you 20 go. Bucks, Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. <laughs> All right. Ice cream not included. Ice cream not included. You can, yeah, you can buy your AMC ice cream maybe your AMC brand <laughs> ice cream in a couple of months. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Marnie, always a pleasure and. Um, we will, uh, we will talk uh, sometime in June uh, next month. We'll do that maybe at the end of the month. That sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Everybody should read thetakeout.com. Uh, Marnie is the managing editor there, uh, and it's part of the, the old UV club. Uh, AV club, UV club. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys were out in the sun a lot. So that's, yeah. uh, that's why. <laughs> we shine bright. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so check out thetakeout.com. Marnie sure has been my guest. And uh, go have a cronut. Maybe throw a couple of the couple of the. You know what? You should get some fruit roll ups just so the dogs can chew on them and not bark. Oh my gosh! I'm about to go over there with some peanut butter or something. <laughs> Thank you all for bearing with the dogs. No, no, it's no, it's 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 totally fine. Trust me, no big deal. All right, Marty, you're the best. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Have a good one. Thank you all so right. much. Yep. See you later. That's Marty. Sure, everybody. She's awesome, and so is Esmeralda Leon. Let's talk to her. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. That is my, is my real delay home, yeah.
Esmeralda Leon appears on every episode of the Nick D podcast, and it's always awesome. So let's say hello to Esmeralda. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. Hello. You know, as we speak, you are preparing to leave for a very hot desert where there are hookers and gambling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited? Yeah, it should be a good time. Yeah. Very cool. Seeing an old friend you haven't seen in a while. and uh... Yep. And all that cool stuff. So that's very, very cool. All right. Well, we uh, we hope you have fun. And Colin's never been there. Is he? Uh, is he excited yeah. about? It? Yeah. Um. I mean, as excited as you can get, I guess. Okay. Is he a gambler? He he likes to play poker every once in a while, but it's it's nothing where like he's looking for the best poker table around right. or anything not- like that. It's not like he, he's not Matt Damon in Rounders or your boyfriend. Exactly. He's not like Ed Norton. Sorry, I should have gone. I should have gone straight to Ed Norton. I'm sorry. I apologize. Although he loses awful, so you know. <laughs> yeah, pet that man his money, which of course is the greatest John Malkovich accent of all time. <laughs> yeah. Pet that man his money. I love that movie. Um, and I'm sure you do too. I know people who might not know. It's a great movie. Yeah. People who might not know, Esmeralda loves Edward Norton. What was it? Was yes. it primal? Was it primal fear? It was really primal fear. Man, that's crazy because he's he's a he's a loon loon in that. Yeah. Well, you don't find out he's a loon loon. Very good loon loon. You don't find out he's a loon loon till the end, though. That's the thing. It's the surprise. The surprise twist. Now, when you first saw that movie, did you see that ending coming, or were you surprised? No, not at all. Me neither. Yeah. I, Very one, surprised. Me too, man. That's one of the reasons why. I mean, that's a terrific movie. Shot here in Chicago. Yes. Featuring I'm Still Incarcerated Lloyd, uh, John Mahoney. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But shot here in Chicago, the Richard Gere is in it. The yeah. Laura, the Laura Linney. Uh, mm-hmm. Quite enjoyable. And Edward Norton, it's his first Francis McDormand. Movie. That's right. The lovely Francis McDormand mm-hmm. is in it. And she does not take a crap in a bucket in this movie. Which uh, <laughs> No. She does not. <laughs> After this movie, though, it was in the contract. So. It was like every movie I do, I now have to take a crap in a bucket and win an Oscar for it. Um, yeah, but yeah, Francis McDormand. That's a really good movie, and that was one of those movies, Esmeralda, that kind of came out of nowhere. I remember when it came out, I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, I don't even know what this is." Primal Fear, and at that point, I think like Richard Gere had done a couple of movies in a row that kind of sucked. Yeah, and so I was like, "Yeah," and I didn't know. Nobody knew who Edward Norton was. Who's this kid? You know? Yeah. And then at the end that of the movie, was, like, yeah, his first movie. I and think. he got nominated for professional, a professional. Professional. He got nominated for a goddamn Academy Award. First time yes. right out of the gate. Oh, he's so good. And then, then, then yeah. so a- after that movie, were you like, oh man, I got it. Whatever Edward Norton is, I'm gonna see. Yeah. Did you? Oh, that, that mo- didn't really happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> I haven't seen all of his movies. So. Have you seen the movie that he directed where he's a where he he's a it's I can't remember who there's a Ben Stiller where he's a wacky ass oh, priest. Oh yeah, he's, he's a, a priest. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, what's I watched like halfway. It was very long. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> it's a bad movie, but it's uh, uh, keeping up the faith. That, keeping the fa- keeping the faith. I think yeah. Yeah. And that's and it was with uh, what's her ass Dharma and Greg. Uh, from, oh right. Uh, can't hardly wait. Uh, uh, from can't hardly wait. Uh, Jenna Elfman. Yes. Yeah, she's in it. She's like the love interest in it. 
Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that movie. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that was his follow-up to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was the movie he followed American History X with. So it was like, what? Oh, really? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess he wanted, to, he wanted to be as far removed from a Nazi skinhead as possible, so he made it, you know. True. So, I'm gonna be yeah, a, let's do a little love thing. Let's do a priesty. I'll be a priest in this movie instead of a Nazi skinhead. So, um but yeah, so do you have? I mean, is is Primal Fear your favorite of the of his of the movies? Um, no, I mean, I enjoy Fight Club oh, and Twenty Fifth Hour. Yeah, that one's really great. Yeah, too. Um, I didn't mind him as uh, <laughs> as the Hulk, but I heard you know he's a bit of a pain a in the hard ass. to work yeah. with. Yeah, he so. is. Yeah, he is a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, I yeah, I mean, I you know, of all the Hulk, it's not a very good movie, but of all the Hulks, I I, I guess I like Ruffalo the most. Um, yeah, as as the Hulk. Um, um, but I didn't. I thought it was better. You know, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty good as the Hulk. I you know, uh, better yeah. than expected. I I heard he was very um into it. Like he watched or watched. He read the comic books. And like he was really into it, like from a young age. So he was very passionate about the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So I could also see why that was causing trouble. Yeah. No. He he is that kind of actor. He's like your. He's not not full on crazy ass like Daniel Day Lewis method. I'm gonna quit and become a cobbler kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he does get into it, and and uh, and he does have a tendency to argue with directors a lot. And if you yeah. Were, were to ask what it was like to work with him on Uncredible Hulk, uh, it would be an unpleasant story. But especially if you were to ask him, <laughs> if you were to ask director Tony Kay um, uh, about working with him on American History X, where basically Edward Norton took the movie away from him and, and recut, recut it. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, <laughs> see, I'm not in the movies or anything, but. <laughs> but even even if you're not I, in the movies, even I know I'm kind of like. I would, over- I would be, I, I see how he's annoyed yeah. by that. You may have overstepped <laughs> your boundaries there a little bit, I think. You may have overstepped. A little bit. Just People a, got just, jobs. Just a, People have yeah. a certain job to do, and you kind of just went yeah. in there and took it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I I love the guy, too. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's in Birdman. He's fantastic in that. and um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's he's great. But, yeah, Edward Norton is uh, is one of uh, one of Esmeralda's favorites. And, of course, you know, I mean, you're talking about gambling. Rounders is right up there. I'm telling you. It's yeah. uh, it's right up there. Pay that man his money. So <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So uh, Vegas, uh, looking forward to it, and it should be a fun time. Um, and uh, you know, and uh, don't lose the house. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No. Don't, no I don't, don't want to. That's do that. not going to happen. All right. Yeah, man. yeah. I think you'll hear a lot of that. Yeah, in- I hope so. Yeah, you'll hear that. In I casinos. wish nothing but the best for all the, the for the all the gamblers. Playing. Yeah, I know. It's, uh-oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh wow, Carrie Russell has a shirt on that says "Always Bet on Black." Oh, yeah. hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. So either she uh, likes to play roulette and that's what she bets, or she just saw Passenger mm-hmm. Fifty Seven with Wesley Snipes. That's uh, that's either the. <laughs> yeah, we don't the, know. She caught it on in on the TV or whatever. On cable's like Passenger Fifty Seven. I think it's She's Passenger like, oh. Fifty Seven, right? Isn't it Passenger Fifty Seven where Wesley Snipes always bet on black? Uh, what, what is that? I think that's, I'm almost positive that's Passenger Fifty Seven. It's a line from Passenger Fifty Seven. Always bet uh, on black. Yes. yes. <laughs> 
So keep that in mind as you're at the as you're at the roulette tables. Will do. I'll or, keep Wesley Snipes and yeah. Carrie Russell. Gary Russell. Oh, wait, Carrie. With me as. And I love <laughs> She's very happy. All right, Carrie. You're going to be disturbed a little bit later on, Carrie. You're going to be a little disturbed because my dad's coming up the back way to tell a joke a little bit mm, later on. Mm-hmm, so he'll be telling mm-hmm. a joke. Um, but yeah, or either that or if you want to take advice from Julie Haggerty, um, who played Albert Brooks's wife in uh, the the greatest one of the greatest comedies of all time, Lost in America. Yeah. Uh, when she was playing roulette, she bet on 22. Oh, okay. 22. So maybe don't bet on 22. Yes, don't bet on 22 because she loses the nest egg. Yeah. (laughs) There's some bad, yeah. There's some not good juju around that number now. You know what would be really cool is like if you guys were, uh, if you were driving there, you can stop off at a diner on the way there and you can meet up with the late, great Philip Baker Hall. And he, like Hard Eight, he can take you under his wing and teach you how to gamble like he did to John C. Oh, sure. Yeah. See, just waiting around. Waiting around, <laughs> giving you some coffee and cigarettes. I'm just offering you a cup of coffee and a cigarette, trying to help you out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, like, then you could meet the late, great, another late, great Philip with three names, Philip Seymour Hoffman. You could play craps mm-hmm. at the table with him. Yeah. So That would uh, be a very interesting uh, place. Yeah. Philip, all these, it, it's, it's, all these g- dead people. All these dead people named Philip with three names. That's the... That's yeah. the <laughs> That's, They've all somehow gone in on a on a casino. Yeah, they're all in being there, being dead out. and all, but being dead and playing craps <laughs> and offering you cigarettes and coffee. So that's uh, that's what'll happen. Well, have a great time while you're out there, and uh, thank you. And I'm sure you will. And we talked all about some of the great shows that you can see while you're out there. You're not really going to have time, and I don't believe mm-hmm. you don't have twenty six thousand dollars to spend on a ticket. Right. So that's going to yeah. be a little different. You know who's not playing in Vegas, though, and gentlemen. Michael Bolton. Right. He's no. Not playing. No, he's not. Which you would think. Yeah, you would think. Ve- think he think he would get there, but. Michael Bolton seems like a Vegas kind of guy, like a Vegas kind of mm-hmm. performer. Hey, by the way, he exactly. was just in. Wait a minute. He was just in something. What the hell was I watching that he was just in? I don't know. Oh, Acting? Sh- yes. Uh, and he sings huh. at the. He sings at the. Oh, it was Aquafina. It was uh, Nora from uh, Nora from Queens. Uh, oh, and he was... He's in, he's in Nora from Queens, and he plays a guy that works in a guitar shop, a records, a, a music shop. Oh. Uh, because um, um, uh, B.D. Wong, who plays uh, Aquafina's father... Um, have, mm. you seen, have you seen Nora from Queens? On I haven't Country? watched it. It's fucking yet. hilarious. It's hilarious. I love Aquafina. She's, like, seriously one of my favorite people on the planet. I love her. I think she's so funny. Anyway, she's on that, and B.D. Wong plays her father, and B.D. Wong gets fired from his day job, so, you know, he wants to be a musician, but obviously, mm-hmm. you know, like, he's too old to be a musician, so he gets a job at, like, a music shop. You know those, you know those dorks at music shops? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he gets a job there, and, like, Scott Adsit, for, um, you know, from uh, 30 Rock, um, mm-hmm. is the guy that hires him. And then uh, Michael Bolton is one of the jerks that works there. He's one of the jagoffs that oh, works wow. in that But he's not Michael Bolton. It's a completely, you know, it's not him. He's not Michael Bolton. He's playing a character. Right. Uh, but then he does sing at the end of the episode. It's hilarious. So that's, I'm sorry. Yeah. So he's on, he's on. And gentlemen, Michael Bolton. Yeah. He's on, uh, he's on Nora from Queens, uh, oh. the Aquafina show. <laughs> and also don't, don't worry. Yeah. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back uh, in Chicago just in time for us to leave. To go see Michael Bolton. Yeah. In Jamaica. That's on the right. 27th. We're going, that's right. We're going to Jamaica on the twenty seventh to see Michael Bolton yep. as, as as his personal guests. 
going to hang out. Because we bag. know Michael Bolton. And we're going <laughs> to present him the Emmy for his work on Aquafina is Nora from Queens. We will present there him you go. the Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> and he will go. <laughs> so that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, Michael Bolton. Stupid ass Steven Seagal. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, um, uh, we do have a, a voicemail here, and mm-hmm. it has to do with the topic that we're going to finish off today. We've been talking about surprisingly dark lyrics to songs that don't sound dark, mm-hmm. and some of the sadder and more twisted lyrics in songs. And uh, I received this voicemail, which um, has you know a lot to do with uh, the topic that we're going to jump into. I saw that. So I thought I could uh, kick off this topic with this voicemail. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Now, see if you can um, listen closely, Esmeralda, uh, and tell me whether this person says their name is Vave um, or what I would assume his name is is Dave. But for some reason, it sounds like Vave to me. Mm, okay. All right. And then, yeah. So I did, <laughs> anyway, just, just uh, see if it sounds like Vave to you. Um, okay. And then you'll hear you'll hear what he's talking about, and we'll get to that. We'll mention that uh, during the topic. Here anyway, here's a voicemail to kick off the topic of twisted and, and dark lyrics and sad songs and dark lyrics and stuff. Here we go. Hi Nick, my name is Dave. Uh, I just I was listening to your podcast and uh, with you and Esmeralda talking about uh, dark song lyrics. Um, I one of those that I can uh, have noticed was. Uh, uh, Tom Petty, the late Tom Petty. I've noticed listening to his music, there are some dark lyrics. Um, of course, I can't really name any offhand, but I was listening and I said, boy, he um, really was going through some uh, times, it seemed, in his life. But uh, great entertainment, great music, but I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, thanks, Nick. Okay. He did say Vave, didn't he? It sounded like Vave. It did. There That's was I... no. Uh, it didn't sound like there was a, a like a mist, like a yeah, like like a d in so there. So it's v. It was Vave. Now I've never heard that name before. I God bless you. I've never heard it. I just thought, okay, maybe his name is Dave, and he mispronounced it. But it's Vave. He sounded like he said Vave. So that was my second time hearing it. So Tom Petty, um, yeah, Tom Petty has written some songs that are that are pretty bleak. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of his albums, oh, shit, I can't remember which one it was, what the title was, but that was his divorce album because he was going through a really horrible divorce. <laughs> right. Going through a really terrible divorce. So, like, every. Did he also have to pay for the divorce? Uh, I would imagine with that so. Album? I, would ima- <laughs> I would imagine so, yeah. Because I, I, f- I know a few artists have done that where they're like, yeah, this is the one I had to pay my wife. Right. Oh, divorce, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, Nicolas Cage claims he's made 63 movies to pay for some of the divorces that he's done. That right. he's had to, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but yeah, no, but so I can't remember, but he has written. And so I looked it up and I, I found an article that just says uh, 25 songs you can, Tom Petty songs that you can play at a funeral. And I went, well, I guess that's Yikes. appropriate. That's appropriate. Um, so Something Good's Coming from Mojo is one of the songs that they mention, that they, that they mention. Um and uh, how about you and I will meet again from Into the Great Wide Open, which is that that might be Into the Great Wide Open. That might be his divorce album. Okay. That might okay. be it. That might be the one. And they say this song is a refusal to say goodbye and a promise of a reunion. If you believe in heaven, this is your firm 
This is a firm vow that you will reunite with your loved one again. Jesus. Well, that's not, that's not terrible, though. No, it's, kind it's not. Of comforting. It gives you a little hopeful, you know? <laughs> yeah. How about this one from Belladonna, Stop Dragging My Heart Around? Classic with uh, him and Stevie Nicks, the collaboration with him and Stevie Nicks. That's an American classic. Stop dragging my heart around. That's a jam. Um, about All Right For Now mm-hmm. from Full Moon Fever. It's about weathering the trials of life and love. Um, Wake Up Time from Wild Flowers. Mm-hmm. These are all, according to this article, these are all appropriate to play at funerals. <laughs> Tom, Tom Petty songs. And also Tom Petty's dead, so that'll add to the... <laughs> and he died young, so that'll add that'll add to the sadness of the occasion. <laughs> um, no reason to cry from Mojo. They say after after a tragic loss, sometimes all you want to do is see someone again. Tom Petty sings about memories of overcoming his sadness and wishing them well. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I don't. These don't. I mean, I I understand why you would play these at a funeral, but they don't seem very dark. I guess maybe they're uplifting. saying that you would play them at a funeral because you want to feel They're hopeful. about dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, but I, dead. but I guess at a funeral, like, I mean, you, you know, you're not going to play like, uh, you know, you're not going to play. This is the end at a funeral by the, by the door. Right. So you know what I mean? You're, you know, <laughs> you know that's you're gonna a bit play... too on the nose. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a little too much. <laughs> oh man. Uh, learning to fly from into the great wide open is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, out in the cold from Into the Great Wide Open. I believe we've discovered that Into the Great Wide Open, I believe, is the... Uh, I think that's the album that was... That's yeah. the divorce album. Uh, the Waiting. Yeah, the Waiting is the hardest part. That's another one. I could uh, see that, yeah. Time to Move On from Wildflowers. That, yeah, appropriate. And then uh, Somewhere Under Heaven is another one that they choose. That these are good songs to play at a funeral. So yeah, that'll make sense. Yeah. So Tom Petty, he's a delight. He was a delightful guy. So anyway, uh, is it? Did you have you ever thought about like uh, you ever? I did not to get all morbid, but this is morbid. You ever thought about what you want at your funeral? Do you want people to party? Do you want people to go nuts? And um, well, I've already told I've told Colin this that if he dies before me or I die before him. He, uh, I have, uh, some rules that I oh. want. Oh, you do? Uh, for my, for the guests. I need them to dress nice. I don't want to see jeans. I don't want to see shorts. <laughs> Even though I'm dead, I don't want to see them. <laughs> really? Um, you need to dress nice. I'm dead for God's sakes. Come pay your respects in a nice outfit. Wow. So wait, look, okay, hold on a second. So you actually, oh, wow, I just threw this out offhandedly. You actually do have, yeah. you've already talked to Colin about the rules. Yeah, I told him. I was like, about the I rules don't... of what else? So besides dressing well, we have to dress well, right? If we, if because we are there. I've seen. I mean, because yeah, like, been... here's the thing: I'm not going to your funeral because I'm definitely going to die before you are. So, <laughs> uh, so, so. I, I, you know, that's something that I we won't have to worry about in my case. But for the people who will be alive, uh, so you you have to dress well. What else for your funeral? This is yeah. fascinating. Uh, any, any, uh, do you have, well, because do you have... I have seen I've been to to many a funeral where people are wearing jeans, no. or they're just wearing t shirts. I'm like, how dare you? This person died. <laughs> You know, as, and, you're and you just know, coming out, and you're like, oh, I'm wearing a t-shirt. Like, well, man, put on a button-up you know, shirt. 
Esmeralda, you know that I dress like a slob. You know that. That I dress mm. like it's jeans, T-shirts, shorts all the time. I would never and I have never dressed like I normally dress at a funeral or a wake. Ever. Yeah. And ever. I've seen it. I'm just like, it's, it boggles my mind. Okay. So that's that rule number think one. That's fine. Don't dress like a jag-off at, uh, at Esmeralda's funeral. Yeah. Okay, what else? Um, and I will have, and then somebody asked, they're like, well, how would you do it? I was like, there will be someone posted at the door. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so you will have security and a bouncer. I'll have uh, somebody there and be like, no, no. To talk, Like, if you walk in with a t-shirt and jeans, you're getting tossed out by Esmeralda's, like, no. Esmer- dead, es- dead Esmeralda's bouncer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they'll be like, what? Oh, I just want to be like, No. Although I understand, like, I I feel like if they knew me, they would then, oh, right, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll be yeah. back. I'll be back dressed up. But right. De- but dead Esmeralda's bouncer will kick your ass out. Yes. Okay, all right. I also, um, that's kind of the only rule I have. Okay. I did, although I do have this, this thing that I don't want to be buried in the ground. I want to be buried in a wall. Like in those mausoleums. So like in a tomb, in a tomb, you want to you want to be in a, like a mausoleum. Well, I know there's the walls, like so, like Marilyn Monroe is buried in a yeah. wall. I don't know what they call those, but they're, they're just tombs. in a wall. They're, they're they're tombs, and then, but like uh, mausoleum. You can go the, up it, to the right one. Yeah, you can you, go up ma- to the wall and right. <laughs> it's right a mausoleum. There. You want to be you want to be buried in a mausoleum is what you yes. want. Yes, yes. Because you I be want the worms to work for it. I. <laughs> I want the bugs to work for it. <laughs> but then also, oh, also that, I've that, come that. around <laughs> to thinking, if, and if this happens, and I know here in Illinois, we were, um, there's some uh, movement going on with uh, a law that would make you be able to like compost a body. In in Illinois, right. so essentially okay. not being embalmed and, and not a casket, like something more natural. So I've been kind of um, not looking into it, but I've I'm very, it's very fascinating to me <laughs> to think that like they just kind of put you in a thing and then you you go back to the earth. Well, that you know would be cool. I mean? Now, if you were composted, let's say that you're you, you <laughs> I can't believe we're having this conversation. This is so fucking hilarious. Uh, that your you your body would be would turn into compost. Well, yeah, is you there, turn, yeah, is, and then you feed the the, the plants right. and things around. But now, you. my my question is though, like, would you have, in addition to like, okay, I want to be compost, I want to be put back in the earth, and you know, mm-hmm. help out. Is there a specific plant that you want to grow out of your compost? Oh, I just want a tree. Oh, you want a tree? Okay, so yeah, a tree. just a okay. big old tree. I thought for sure um, you'd go. I well, thought for sure maybe you'd go with cilantro. I thought maybe you'd want you no. <laughs> just well, that doesn't really. It doesn't last. It's not a hearty. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I see. Right. Plant. Well, like that, it, I don't... the the flavor does. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that okay. So you want you would if it's possible compost. Yes. Yeah, so I've had this idea. I've had okay. this idea that um, because I think what the 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 whole thing behind it is there would be then like kind of a forest of people essentially quote unquote uh-huh. people because okay. they'd all be buried under trees um i got gotcha. you and so you go all- visit the tree and you know you, that's how you visit your loved ones yeah so my idea was and this would be i'd need money i'd need money to do this okay. aside from being buried under the tree right is get belly to redo or buy the the rights or whatever i need to do 
to redo <laughs> no, no. feed the tree. Oh my god! And there would be so so there would be and it, my name would be in there. So it, um, the, but the song would play on some kind of thing, like um, a speaker, like system. a sensor would uh, go off. Yeah, oh, a sensor oh, would as go you off went up, as you went off. Yeah, and it would be bellies feed the tree, but instead, <laughs> it would say. <laughs> <laughs> Esmeralda's feeding the tree because I am because I'm dead under it. Right, <laughs> giving the tree nutrients. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <laughs> I thought wow. that would the, be. I I had no idea that you put this much fucking thought into that. <laughs> well, I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> so that's feet... more. I like the I like the the the, the silliness of it that you'd so, walk up to pay and, respects and there's and, just a and, parody song. Oh, uh, so Belly, would you want now? Do you want Weird Al to sing it to do um, a parody, I mean, or would you rather have Belly? Would you rather have the original? I mean, artist? I would like to have Belly, but you know, I don't know when I'm gonna die. Right. And like I said, I don't got money. Right, I, I was gonna say to I was be. gonna I was also gonna say you're in the wrong business if you think you're gonna be able to afford belly. Yeah, uh, I can't you. afford. It. I mean, someone could do it, I guess, on the sly. But then who knows? They might come at me, my what? my estate, with some kind of copyright issue or something. Well, well, well listen. By the way, Osmeralda, if you had an estate, trust me, you'd be able to afford belly to re-record the song right. if you had an estate. <laughs> um, okay, so no jeans or t-shirts to your funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta you want... wear like tie button up. Yeah, Come on. Of course, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, I just went to a, I went to a funeral in uh, October. My 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 old uh, buddy Sergio Mims passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the legend of the Chicago film world, a critic and a filmmaker and a writer, brilliant guy. And he passed away. And I actually wore a suit because there was a, uh, you know, uh, appropriately enough, there was a film screening before that his be- there were before his funeral. <laughs> we oh, went, well, that's we, nice. We went to a screening. It wasn't his sponsorship or anything. It just coincidentally. Oh, okay. It just no happened. coincidentally there was a, there was a screening. Got it. And I actually went to a film screen. I walked in with like a suit on. People were like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I'm going to a funeral, assholes." Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all right, so all right, so no, no, no t-shirts, suit, tie, dress up for Esmeralda's funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you want to be turned into compost. Um. No, no, no. I'm sorry. First, yeah, yes. You want to be turned well, into compost. Well, it's, it's really like whichever I kind of in the mood for, I guess, when I'm dying. I want to be in a wall or composted. Well, because right. the now, composting thing isn't, still isn't uh, available, at least in Illinois. I see. Okay. All right. But okay, they are so, making, there are making strides to right, make well, that happen. Well, if, if the compost thing is, 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 is doable, then the compost thing. But- you want to be buried in a mausoleum. You do not want to be mm-hmm. in the ground because, yeah, as you said, I, don't like I, that. I will quote you: "I want the worms to work for it." Is what you said. Yes, and also, <laughs> I don't like the idea that people essentially are stepping on you. Well, that's the other thing. It's like you step on the grave. What, what's that? You get a chill or something if you walk on somebody's grave. It's it's bad really? luck to walk. Well, I mean, it's kind of difficult. I mean, you can. I mean, I guess you can figure out where the 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 casket is underground, but it's just it. it Weirds me out a little bit. Well, um, you, you know, be I understand so that. far down. Yeah, you got to be six feet. You're six feet under, Oof, and and you're six like feet it. under, and you've got and yes, people walk on your. People walk above you. Lay like they walk across you. Yeah, to I get don't to like other, it. Yeah, but but okay. So but the mausoleum thing. Um. Uh. Have but let me let me ask you a question, Esmeralda. Have you ever seen the movie? Have you ever seen any of the Phantasm movies? Yeah, I saw oh, them at okay. your screening. Uh. Oh, you came to see you see you, you saw Phantasm at one of our screenings. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> did you, no, you do one? No, I never showed Phantasm. I I, uh, I showed Phantasm. Yeah, well, I showed Phantasm. Yeah, you did. I did. I showed the original. The first I haven't one. seen it on my own. <laughs> yeah. So now, do you remember, though, a lot of that movie takes place in a mausoleum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the worms might not get you, but the tall man might. That's the other thing is like, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to be. Like just sitting there in the mausoleum. I'm gonna be behind concrete. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So mausoleum. Uh, if if not compost, you want to be. You want to feed a tree, and so and you want Belly to re-record their song, and have Esmeralda's feeding the tree. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't and think it's that's perfect a lot because there's that there's that line. There's the whole little verse or whatever that says, "Take your hat off, boy, when you're talking to me." <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, and what what is it watch me as i feed the tree I, and be there when i feed the tree be there, be there so it'd yeah, just be funny right. yeah. so it'd be like and be there when esmeralda feeds the tree and then you yeah. would be there because you're standing right where oh. i am dead right. under the okay. tree now at the funeral proper is there going to be a ceremony will there be music played uh you know i mean i guess yeah. i don't know i'm not used to that in terms of like funerals i've been to yeah so I don't I don't really care. Okay. Right. <laughs> I kind of find it w- not weird. Um, I when people get up to talk about the dead, only mm-hmm. because I feel like it seems it would be really difficult. It is. I've done it for it them. Is. Yeah, I don't, and I'm like, I don't want to put you in that position. <laughs> no, I, yeah. just just do the thingies and then let's go. Yeah. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, no, it's not. Pl- it's it's you know, it's hard. We yeah. all know I was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, especially like if you do it and that person's body is four feet away from you. You know what I mean? Oh, like that. Yeah, like come that- on. <laughs> it is literally fresh. Like it is still uh, no. Have you? Uh, yeah, I mean, have you seen the uh, the sketch from uh, this season um, uh, of SNL? When the 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 guy from the the football player from um, the Chiefs who won the the they won the Super Bowl. This oh, year. I know, I didn't see that one. Uh, well, I can't. Well, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Kelsey something Kelsey. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Jason. Wait, no. Yeah. Uh, wait, is it Travis Kelsey? Yeah, Travis Ugh. Kelsey. Travis yes. Kelsey from <clears throat> Travis Kelsey from the Kansas City Chiefs hosted SNL. And they did a sketch in which Ego uh, um, Wodum, um, or as as she is known on on the Instagram, Eggy Boom, and I love that she's mm-hmm. Eggy Boom. Uh, she plays like the grandmother who's dead, <clears throat> and they're at the funeral, and uh, uh, Travis Kelsey is uh, has 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 her dead body. They unveil her, and her dead body is like in a chair with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and a package of Newports in her hand. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and she's got curlers in her hair, and um, we're like, we're gonna remember her the way she used to be. And they have audio of her yelling, "Get off my porch!" And then Tra- <laughs> Travis Kelsey is like moving her around like a like a uh, like a puppet. Like he's oh got God. her. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like one of the one of the lines that she says, like on the on the audio recording, is like, "Don't close that door. You're letting all the good air out." Yeah. Like, <laughs> you should check that out. It's it's a it's the, it's a funeral sketch with Eggie Boom and um, and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, uh, and it's hilarious because they keep cutting to the to the family. Like, what are you doing with my mother? You know, like they're just. <laughs> <laughs> 
and so he's got her like a like a marionette, you know. And yeah. She's got the cigarette yeah. hanging out of her mouth, <laughs> and, and he's moving like one of the things moves her mouth, so her mouth moves. So it's mm-hmm. like so it's it's Ego playing like a corpse, like moving her mouth, going, "Don't let her open the door. You're letting all the good air out." <laughs> oh God! And then they dance. <laughs> they dance. Um, uh, she dances, and it's it is absolutely hilarious, but. That's what you know, like uh, that. That's that's what we should all have, like have have our dead bodies reanimated. Uh, oh for, Lord! Uh, for <laughs> I've seen those those um, funerals where they have them like sitting up or oh yeah on a bike. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. no, I'm it, good. It's, it's I also love. I mean, like, and obviously the you know um, funerals uh, and celebrations of people's lives. Um, are, are different in so many different cultures, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and the celebrations are so fascinating and sometimes really weird and interesting. Um, there was an episode of Atlanta that took place at, uh, at, at a, at a, at a black funeral and a black wake. And it's, it's unbelievably hilarious. It's really, really great. And Donald Glover like wrote the episode based upon his, uh, I believe it was his aunt's funeral. Mm-hmm. And the, a fight broke out, and everybody, everybody went nuts. Oh, <laughs> and, it was, and it was just like it was like he's seen it. Like Donald Glover in interviews said that he'd seen it so many times at African American funerals. Like there's partying going on, and there's celebration, and people are falling down and crying and knocking over the casket and stuff. And this kind of stuff has happened. Richard Pryor does a whole bit about black funerals, where people just fall all over and like scream and cry and and all kinds of stuff. And then, um, you know, there's other ones that are all like there are other cultures where it's all like completely, you know, celebratory and people are partying. Have you ever gone to an Irish wake, Esmeralda? I never have. No. Holy shit. Do you drink? Oh, my (laughs) God. And I know that that's stereotypical and cliched, but I'm telling you, I've been to several Irish wakes and Irish funerals. Yeah. Oh, man. By the end of it. (laughs) I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's clapping and playing songs and it's great. But you get shit faced, and uh, you know, or you know, at least I've been to many Irish funerals where people just get completely annihilated. Yeah, you know, and celebrating, and the person who's dead obviously was a drinker. Like I've been to, I've right. been to, <laughs> oh, I've, been to I've been to Irish funerals where Jameson has been in the coffin with the dead person. They had like, well, you know, bottles of Jameson with them. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. So okay, so uh, dress up, get ready to uh, feed the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- maybe from, if it's if it's available if it's available and belly if you can get belly if they're not too busy yeah. if, if they're not <laughs> if someone are, could are they pull st- some strings for me that would are be they great. still around is belly still around is that still a band are they I still mean, a thing sure yeah. i don't know if they're if they're actively touring but um i know they're yeah. around they were they were <laughs> they were a late 90s band right they were most likely yeah. popular in the mid to late 90s correct belly yes yeah I remember them. I remember them having that. I mean, I remember that song for sure. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other songs that they had. Did they have any other hits? Uh, I don't know. Okay. They are right. playing. Um... Are they touring? Wait, are they touring with? Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bolton. They're not touring with with him, are oh, they? Oh, unfortunately not. No. Because then I could, I could, you know, because we'd be hanging out with. Michael That's right. We're going to be hanging out with Michael. I Bolton. could ask him. I could ask them. To do this, but uh, no, they're they have shows in October, really, of this year. Okay, so if anybody wants, they're to not go playing and... like they're not playing like La La. They're not like on the third stage at La no. La or anything like that. No, they are not. They're just playing okay. like 
a couple shows in New and uh, like the East Coast. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Belly boy. When was the last time anybody talked about that band? <laughs> wow. And 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 I love that you. That's the band that you that you specifically. Uh, well, because you know the song. It's very because of the song. It yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> Now, when do you think of this kind of stuff, Esmeralda? Were you like, you know, did you, so um, one day did you just I sit down? I think I had heard about the whole composting thing, and then it came, <laughs> it came like, oh, you know, it'd be funny if I, <laughs> you'd be funny if there was a song and it was just playing when you'd walk up. <laughs> to the tree, and there, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Man, oh, man. That's a, that's, a, that's a great idea. All right. And if not composted, you definitely want to be in a mausoleum. Right. Okay. And not a mausoleum that the tall man runs. No Angus Scrim. You don't want Angus Scrim. Yeah. Right. No. Okay. If if I can help it. No, thank no, you. No, no flying silver spheres that are going to drill into your head and suck your blood out. None of that. Yeah. Although I won't have any blood, I guess. No. But I mean, the people that visit you, they might come. Right. And all of a sudden, oh, the yeah. We don't need comes, that to happen every time. Sticks into no your head. No one would come visit. <laughs> drills into your nose and then sucks your blood out of your brain. So you don't want yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. That's that, not that, that just seems like a... Mm-hmm. Like a, a, like the 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 cemetery or the funeral are in cahoots. Yeah, they are just trying to get yeah. more. No, no, it, you know, in <laughs> Phantasm, it's the morning side, the morning side cemetery, the morning yeah. side. Uh, yeah, that's the. It's not. Uh, it, you know, the, the 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 tall man is in cahoots. He takes their, your body. What happens is, if you get buried in the mausoleum at Morningside, mm-hmm. your body will be crunched down. And you will uh, you will be crunched down to about uh, to dwarf size, very very dwarf size, small dwarf yeah. size, yeah. Uh, and you will be transferred to another dimension, and you will work as a slave in the Morningside Cemetery's dimension. Wow. Yeah, Phantasm the makes fact a lot that of. They have it another lot, dimension. They do. Yeah. No, Phantasm <laughs> makes a lot of sense, Esmeralda. It really does. Uh, it's it's. <laughs> It's, it's just interesting that this place, this funeral place, has another dimension. They do. They that's have theirs. Two, there are two. There are two poles that uh, that are in a room, uh, and you can go in between those poles, and you get sucked into the other dimension. Yeah, they're busy. <laughs> they are busy at Morningside. They really like. Wow, they're just very uh, motivated. Uh, they are business uh, savvy. That's just- right. Until that 14-year-old bastard Mike Pearson shows up and fucks everything up. He yeah, everything they were doing up, good. So they were doing good. The tall man was good until Mike showed up. Anyway, God, I love I love those movies. I love, I love those movies so much. Now, let me ask you this now. So you don't want to be in the ground. Now, now how do you feel about being buried in New Orleans? Because technically you're not in the ground in New Orleans. Be, you're, you're, you're in a tomb above the ground. So all those... Yeah. Now the reason why that is because of uh, the where they where New Orleans, New Orleans is located, like at sea the level. The ground, is. yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about uh, that? Now the worm's going to get to you, but it, it, they're not going to be mean, in, yeah. you're not going to be in the ground. Eh. No? I like the idea. See, also, if I'm in a mausoleum, I want to be, you know, like eye level. I don't need you to crouch down or like too oh. high up. So you want a good <laughs> spot. You want like a yeah. You like want a spot level. above, like like you want to be like. Four and a half, five feet up. Yeah. Yeah. So people just look right at it. Like, there it is. <laughs> right. There she <Okay>. is. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, um, all right. So, no bending down. So you want, like, you want, you want to pay. Yeah. You I want, want pay... my tomb to be knee friendly. 
<laughs> so you don't know bending you over. Right. No, I gotcha. You know. I understand. I understand. Uh, you're looking out for those of us who like when we bend over, we can't get up. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm. I you know that. what? Just because I'm dead doesn't mean I don't care about the future. And your comfort. People. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the comfort of the so, people coming to visit. So you got to pay the tall man a little extra. You want a spot about five feet up. Yeah. So you, so you got to pay. You yeah, got to. You got to pay Angus. You got to pay Angus a little extra. <laughs> right. Don't bring out the silver <laughs> sphere. Don't drill any of my friends, and put my put, put my my body about five feet up. If you could do. Yeah. So. That seems like that'd be an extra thing. Before you shrink Not it and to... send it to another dimension. Right. Uh, so yeah. But yeah, no. Have you have you been to New Orleans, Esmeralda? I haven't. No. If you, it's. I mean, obviously, it's one of the greatest cities in the world, and I'd have a very hard time going back since I quit drinking because uh, I've been there three times, and you know, you drink when you go to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> you go to New Orleans, and I've been on two cemetery tours, and they're awesome. They're fantastic. Uh, the graveyards, the graveyards in uh, in in New Orleans are fucking amazing. They're amazing with all the above ground tombs and stuff. I went to the one of the tours took us to the to the graveyard where Marie Laveau, the famous um, mm-hmm. yeah. voodoo priestess, is buried. And people go there and leave all kinds of stuff and write things on the tomb. You know, they leave because they want good luck. Sometimes you're supposed to go to Marie Laveau. And if you want like you want to put a hex on somebody or you want good luck for something, you can go to Marie Laveau's grave. Yeah, and leave a token and say a prayer to Marie Laveau so that you get some voodoo hex on somebody or something. And, My um, thing is like, why you gotta write on the tomb? People, I don't know. People write on it's like it's like uh, you know a lot of celebrity tombs. People write on like if you go to Jim Morrison's grave in Paris, Ugh, there's shit. I don't sp- like that. There's shit spray painted all over it. People leave like bottles of wine there and all kinds of stuff. And I mean that's fine. You can leave stuff. I, I don't yeah. like that they write on the tomb. Yeah, they they have to have people clean it up every once in a while. They have to have a crew yeah. come out and, and clean it up. And New Orleans, though, I mean the graves are nuts there. I mean seriously, the the <clears throat> the tombs are crazy. We went on one tour where across the street there was a there was a church. Uh, located across the street. Um, and by the way, the neighborhood in which uh, Marie Laveau's grave is, the, the graveyard where she is, it's a, mm-hmm. it's in a really shaky, terrible part of town. So yeah. just know that when you're going. If you're going, go with a group. You know what I mean? Make sure, because we went on mm-hmm. a tour with a group, because it's a really, not a not a good neighborhood. <clears throat> but there's a church across the street where you walk in and they have a big, you, know, you walk into this church and they have, you know, statues of saints all over the place. Mm-hmm. And there's one in the back. It's a very weird-looking saint that looks like something out of, like, a Conan the Barbarian movie. Like, he's, like, on a horse, and he's got a big sword. You know what I mean? It's, and it's oh, wow. it doesn't It doesn't look like you're, you know, you know you're very uh, hands-together proper Catholic saints. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a, he looks like a badass, you know, like, <laughs> crazy fucking killer like sword wielding maniac and he's and and they they call him Saint Expedite. And the story behind it and I don't never heard of Saint Expedite, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and so the story behind it is that one day um a box showed up at this church uh-huh. and it didn't have a return address. They weren't expecting it or anything. They didn't know where it came from. They opened it up and it was this statue. And so the people took the statue and they just thought, okay, well, this is a saint. Let's put it up in the church. And the reason it's called the reason it's called Saint Expedite is because the only word on the package was expedite. Wow. Which was just what they wanted to do with the package. You know, I mean, it was it was a directive of what to expedite this package. Yeah. So now he's Saint Expedite. 
and the story is so insane <laughs> that they actually put this thing up. Now that he's the voodoo saint of New Orleans. So if you go to New oh, Orleans, you visit Marie Laveau's grave, you go across the street to the church, and you pray to Saint Expedite if you if you are a voodoo person. Interesting. So that's that's the saint of the 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 patron saint of voodoo in New Orleans is Saint Expedite, and you can visit his statue at the church across the street from Marie Laveau's grave. Hmm. Yeah. So I think there should be a saint. I think there should be a Saint Esmeralda. I think we need that. I, think I mean, we need I a- think there is one probably. <laughs> oh, is, yeah, there probably there's is. A, I, I mean, yeah. there's a saint for everybody. Everybody's yeah, got a true. saint. Except for Expedite, because they thought, oh, yeah, that's yeah. his name, Expedite. No, it's not. It's the instruction on the box. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, But anyway, if you're ever down there, if you ever go down to New Orleans, first of all, it's fantastic. The food is amazing. You will, mm-hmm. Esmeralda, the food, I mean, as you probably know, is ridiculous. In uh, in 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 in, uh, in New Orleans, the food is unbelievable. Um, I did not have a single ungreat meal. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, that's good I'm, to know. The food is ridiculously good. So yeah, and then you can visit uh, Marie Laveau and uh, say a little prayer to Saint Expedite. So there you go. Nice. All right. Well, uh, you know, we didn't talk about any dark lyrics. We'll have to do that on the next. <laughs> well, no, we did a little bit. We did a little Tom bit Tom Petty. Petty because of Vave, because Vave's left right. his message. That's right. Okay. But we'll get into the other, uh, the dark lyrics. But you know what's not dark is uh, my dad telling a joke. Mm. Uh-oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. All right. Always bet on black. That's what she's saying again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Wait a second. Here's my dad. It's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. What I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go. All right. Yeah, my dad uh, joins us uh, every week uh, to tell a joke. Osvaldo, you ready for my dad's joke? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Dad, hit it. What do you see when two seniors are having sex? Depends. Oh God! Wow! Oh my God! <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> it was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Yeah. Nick's dad told a joke. See, now he can tell that joke. He's a senior. So he can, you know right. what I mean? He's, right. It's okay for him to tell that joke. If I told that joke, it would be inappropriate. Yeah, it'd be a little mean. Although I think it would be inappropriate for anybody to tell that joke, quite frankly. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but my dad can get away with it because he's my dad. So, all right. All right. Well, we'll hear another joke from him uh, next Tuesday. And Esmeralda will join me on the next episode. Um, and uh, you will, uh, well, technically you'll be back from Vegas. Yes, technically, mm-hmm. <laughs> through the mm-hmm. magic of the through the magic of the of the DeLorean that we have, uh, mm-hmm. you, you can go back in time. But we'll talk a little bit about uh, more more dark lyrics and things like that. Esmeralda, thank you very much. Thank you. My thanks to Marnie Shore uh, for talking mood and food and having some fun. Uh, Thetakeout.com. On the next episode, Dr. Keith Lipinski, our wrestling expert, is going to be with us. 
uh, from AAW Pro Wrestling here in Chicago. There is a big pay-per-view coming up for both WWE and AEW. We'll talk about that and much more on the next episode. And we want to hear from you. So please uh, check us out. Leave us voicemails at 773-417-6948-247. Leave us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us 24-7 on our live streaming service, radiomisfits.live. You can hear this podcast every day at 3 o'clock and my Saturday Night Live podcast every day at 9 a.m. And uh, buy some uh, buy some sponsorship and ads for us on this podcast, sales at radiomisfits.com. My thanks to Jason and to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits, and we will see you next time on the Nick T Podcast. The wind is red on me.